we have a few content notifications for this episode. We do talk about mental illness and institutionalization in some depth and um, stigmatization of disability and disabled people. Uh, We talk about child molestation and murder, and there's mention of sexual assault. Greetings! You are listening to Horror Nerds at Church, a ridiculously queer podcast where we take a deep dive into a horror film and talk about how it connects to queerness, religion, and theology. My name is Pace Warfield May, and I am one of a number of things, and I don't want to steal Emily's thunder if Emily, because Emily's, okay. The first one then is I am the pot-smoking caterpillar. (laughs) (laughs) The The Alice in Wonderland caterpillar? Yes, yes. Um, another one is I am Shadow Freddy. Another one is I am the ridiculous amount of screaming that Pamela Voorhees does to Jason in this movie. Oh my gosh. She's like, oof. I can also, keep going, but I'll stop. Go ahead. <laughs> you're, you're also currently bundled up in a way that like really feels like the Alice in Wonderland caterpillar. So mm. I'm here for it. Fair, fair. Um, and I'm Pastor Emily and I am the... Possibly the entire crossover fandom between Nightmare on Elm Street and Joan of Arcade. <laughs> oh, I was wondering if that's the direction you would go. And I'm yeah. glad it is. Yes. I'm uh, excited to like talk about that a little bit. So Okay. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Um, so this list, dear listeners, is Freddy versus Jason, take two, because we already covered this movie, and you might be wondering, why are we covering it again? Well, a few reasons. Number one. Yes, number one. We have a new co-host, so it is worth getting their perspective on this um, film, especially as we go through the Freddy universe of films, and this one is, of course, a very important entry in that universe, so we, of course, Mm -hmm. need Emily to watch it and their feedback. Another is the first time we're going through the Friday the 13th franchise. So we're watching it on Team Jason this time. We can kind of watch it on Team Freddy or maybe not. We'll see. Or Team uh, <laughs> Lori. Ugh, no, I'm not even Team Lori. I'm not a fan of Lori. We'll get there. This is a really messed up movie. Anyway. I'm intrigued now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, but. I will make sure it's linked in the show notes. Please go back and listen to, you don't have to listen to the full episode, but if you at least listen to the intro part where we talk about the background behind the scenes, I'll give you more information than I will give here. But if you want to listen to the whole thing and get Abel's take, there's a very different energy um, between Abel and I, where we are both like hardcore horror fans talking about a movie that we both love versus Emily, who is very first time coming into this movie. So it's going to be, it'll definitely be a fun dynamic to listen to both and see how they both go. Yeah. Now that I've, now that I've actually seen the movie, I'm tempted to go back and listen. I probably will. We just recorded 
too close to watching the movie for me to like go back and listen to the other podcast but yeah I'm I'm excited to see what you and Abel say yeah um a lot of a lot of uh gay jokes I'll just start with that as you can guess because it's a lot of <laughs> same sex tension or what homoerotic tension in this movie so we'll get there mm-hmm. yeah what about uh i guess just how have you been doing and uh please update our listeners on all the advent calendar movies you've been watching i'm sure yeah um i have been doing well my mom was actually in town visiting last week and so i didn't get as many advent miss Finney movies watched as I, you know, generally hope to, uh, because I was spending a lot of my time with her. Um, but it was great to have her here and our house is still in the middle of moving as Pace can very clearly see in my video. Um, but so it was fun to have her here and, and she helped kind of get my room more settled in, which was lovely. Um, Yeah, so I have not been as up on the movies, but I'm catching up. I actually went through um, yesterday. I couldn't sleep last night, so I finished watching The Princess Switch, which I had started for the cheesy made-for-TV movie one. Um, It also could count as the prophetic figure. I haven't (laughs) watched the prophetic figure yet. Um, But other than that, I have at least started to watch up until the prophetic figure. And then I did watch Jingle Jangle for BIPOC protagonist. So I'm like not as far behind, but also haven't seen all of the ones that I really (laughs) want to see. So awesome. But we're in, you and I are recording during week two, but this will come out during week three um i forgot to check to see let me check real quick and see if anybody has tagged us besides <laughs> me i haven't gotten any new tags yet in my socials but um for i will shout out uh that i watch for um prophetic figure the matrix i have mm-hmm. to shout out our trans rep in uh, Lily and Lana Wachowski, the directors, and also the trans metaphor that that film has been uncovered to at least have hints at. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's more than subtext. I think it's actual text, but yeah. that's an argument for another day. If we ever cover The Matrix, we probably will down the road. Just saying. Um, but yeah, love that movie. Absolutely. Still fun. Um, and then tomorrow, so I have not yet watched this, but well, I should say the one I watched today because that's a horror horror movie anyway, which is I watched Santa Claus the movie for Santa Origin Story. It is a very horrific movie in that it is so freaking boring and so badly <laughs> acted and so much like product placement and pro-capitalism. That's just, it's a really horrifying movie. Uh, mid-80s Reagan era Santa story, so it shows. Um, <laughs> and then tomorrow... Uh, is Chosen Family, I believe. And I'll be watching Anna the Anna and the Apocalypse for the first time, which I know is a zombie horror musical set around Christmas. So I'm so excited to watch that one. Yeah. 
I'm excited. I have a bunch of good ones coming up. Um, Klaus is my favorite for like Santa Claus origin story. So I probably will watch it tonight. Um, but then have, yeah, some of, some of my, like the ones that I have on VHS are coming up, right? So the snowman for a 1980s movie, Twas the Night Before Christmas, the mouse version based on the book. Twas the Night Before Christmas, but the like animated 1974 version. And which by now I think people will have to go back and do if they want to. But I'm excited because this Sunday is features pink prominently because it's Gaudete Sunday in the church calendar. And so it is the pink Sunday if you have the purple and pink uh, advent candles. So I'm excited to watch Godmothered because it's a Uh cute movie and it definitely features pink prominently. Yeah, I will be watching Pink Flamingos for that because I need more of my John Waters fix. It'll be fun in a different episode one of these days to hear what Emily thought of their first early John Waters film when they watched Female Trouble with me. (laughs) So, yeah, it wasn't what they were expecting. I'll just leave it at that. They can say more if they want. Very true. Um, Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that is uh, very true. Um, I'm trying to check Twitter real quick because I don't think that there are a couple. Okay. I don't have any updates either. Fair, fair. Um, I need social media updating things. Yeah. Uh, Just another shout out. Oh. Yeah, just another shout out, though, uh, that our live show is coming up. So if you go to the QCF conference website, which I'll make sure is linked in the show notes, you can still not too late to sign up uh, for very least the virtual stuff. I don't know how long they have in-person signups running for. But you can check us out there, and we'll also release um, a recording of that, at very least on our Patreon. Um, sometime later from that show because they'll be giving us a recording of it so uh but yeah very excited for this and hope you all can come out and make make it for our first live show and there's some other fun podcasts too that will be joining the stage with us uh throughout the weekend so yeah we're i think one of the first ones we are the very first one we're the very first one so we'll be kicking it off i know very very clearly (laughs) yes (laughs) So there's some, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> it'll be an adventure for sure. Always an adventure. Um, yeah. Uh, fair. Definitely works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess we can get right into the movie then, which we are directing. Freddy versus Jason, directed by Ronnie Yu, came out in 2003, August 13th, 2003, in fact, which will come up in a moment. Um, I guess it's time to, like, go back in time to past Emily and Pace, yeah, to hear when we first saw this movie, so. Oh my gosh, we should get the TARDIS noise. Oh my gosh. I would totally love to do that. I'm not sure if it's copyrighted in some way but I'll double okay, check. well now you have a backup <laughs> that was amazing right on the verge of watching freddy versus jason and emily had this amazing idea of maybe we need to touch base with them about what they know about jason before we watch the movie <laughs> <laughs> so i think this is gonna be fun yeah um, 
and also just a quick heads up that for those of you audiophiles out there, myself included as the editor, I'm recording this section with my old setup, but my new mic setup just arrived in the mail so I can record the rest of the episode with my new mic setup <laughs> so we can compare it that way too. Be kind Ooh, of fun. Anyway. that'll be awesome. Yeah, and I have no idea where I'm going to be for the recording the rest of this, but um, yeah, so I was thinking that this could be kind of in the when is your first time watching it section. Um, and surprising no one, shots all around. This <laughs> will be my first time watching this movie. Um, I, okay, so I was like, Freddy versus Jason. I know that Pace did Freddy versus Jason for Horror Nerds at Church before I was the co host for our previous season. And I was like, there was like a Halloween one and a Friday the 13th, and I have no idea. But then as I was pulling up the movie, I saw the like old school goalie mask, right? So that is obviously Jason. Um, But I know nothing about Jason or like why is he wearing a goalie mask? Is it like Phantom of the Opera style where he's like trying to cover something up or is he just trying to cover up his identity and then that becomes his identity? (laughs) I have no idea. I love it. Have you... Um, and of course, I'm not going to reveal anything because you'll find out some of it in the movie, but not all of it. So um, we can discuss more Jason lore uh, in the episode. Mm-hmm. But um, have you, I'm sure you've encountered a goalie masked villain named Jason before. If you didn't put two and two together in pop culture, even though you've never seen the franchises based on. Yeah, like I've definitely seen the goalie mask villain. I don't know whether or not, like, I've had a name associated with that, but, like, that is definitely, like, a villain in pop culture. I have no Mm -hmm. idea where or why or how, but yes. Wait, is, this is not the one where, like, there's, no, that's Psycho, I think, the, the, the shower scene? Correct, Psycho has That's here's Johnny, not here's Freddy. Okay. Or Jason. Here's Johnny is from The Shining. Oh my goodness. Oh I love that you're getting you're conflating all of these. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> this is why it's fun to watch even if you're not a horror fan. Yep. And we are covering Shining later this season, so yes. I'll come back for that. Oh, this yeah. is gonna be so fun. <laughs> okay, do you at least want to know what franchise Jason is from? Yes. Or, you know, I do okay. want to know enough to be able to understand the movie. Okay. So Jason, and some of this will come out in the behind the scenes too, but like Jason is part of the Friday the 13th franchise. Okay. Wait, is this the um, the dog that peed fire or whatever? Yes, the dog that Freddy. peed fired was named after this villain as like a reference okay. to him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I in remember talking about that. Five. Yes. So, yeah. So... J- Friday the 13th was owned by Paramount, long-running franchise. There are 12 entries in the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, And New Line, of course, did Freddy. And Jason was going down in popularity as Freddy was going up. So so the powers that be asked New Line, hey, do you want to do a Freddy versus Jason? The fans would love it. And Freddie was like, why would we want to, the Freddie people at New Line were like, why would we want to sully our name with uh, your franchise sort of deal? 
but then as Freddie was starting to fade away in the er early 90s, um, New Line acquired the rights to Friday the 13th. Um, and oh. I'll say more about that behind the scenes because there's something interesting about that. But anyway, uh, so then they're like, okay, since both franchises are kind of petering out, we'll actually do this. And so they did. It took them 10 years. And so mm -hmm. as you watch it, you'll have to tell me if you think this script shows 10 years worth of effort and that <laughs> 10 years, this is the best that they could come up with. I'm very curious to know. I'm going to just guess that the answer to that is no based on the question. Hmm. hmm. We'll see. But anyway, yeah, I think you'll like this one. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Nice. What about you? When was your first time watching it? Okay, so this came out in 2003. I was in high school, and I it came. I think it came out on my birthday, October 4th, 2003, maybe. Not 100% sure, but it came out around then. So mm -hmm. I definitely saw it in theaters around my birthday for the first mm. time. And... I was kind of a little bit let down. I'll just say that off the bat. But over the years rewatching it, um, I, I, it has a special place in my heart, even if it still is off the walls bonkers. So we'll get yeah. into that. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm super intrigued because I don't know. This will be also my first um, villain versus villain thing. Like... Are we supposed to be rooting for one of them? Are they both like trying to kill everybody? How does this work? Does Freddy take over Jason's nightmares? Because I am here for that a little bit, probably, maybe. I don't know. You will see. And I, I, I'm glad you you put all these like questions out there that kind of are predictions because we'll see which one of those came true after you watch it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. very exciting. Okay, so I guess we'll we'll get off of this and record and watch the episode. Then we'll come back and record our episode on this for you listeners at some future time, and we'll see which of Emily's predictions came true, and also what they thought of the movie and what they configure. This will be fun. We'll also include a Jason Lore section to see what Emily figured out from Jason Lore just from this movie, and to see if this movie did a good enough job of saying of anything like about who doing is. across yeah yeah because that's one of the tricky parts is like if you're doing it where it's like a cross what do we cross call it over. crossover yeah thanks i was like we do these all the time podcast. <laughs> when you're doing a crossover it's trickier like you have to make sure that you get enough of the other one that people who are unfamiliar with it will still get a lot out of it and that's when it comes to like wb tv show or cw tv shows like mm -hmm. The Arrow and The Flash and all of those, it gets complicated and it's yeah. not always clear. So I'm hopeful that Jason will be a little bit more illuminating. We will see. A lot of Jason fans, I will say this much, which is a lot of Jason fans saw this movie and said this is more of a Freddy movie than a Jason movie. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I agree as a mm -hmm. Freddy fan, but... I'm interested what you think when you get to it. All right. Wait, are you not a Jason fan or just well, like... Jason, but Freddy's right, But you're Freddy, Freddy. Yeah. Yeah. Freddy's okay. who I was rooting for when I saw this in theaters. Ah. Okay. Okay. Now I want them both to die. But, uh, oh, my one line. Do you want to hear my one line summary before we get into it? No. Be fun. Okay. Okay. No. Spoilers. Spoilers, Pace. Spoilers. <laughs> 
If there's no plot spoilers. I don't care. Fine. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. So I guess we will end this. Unless there's anything else you want to say. No, I'm excited to watch okay. this. Yay. Yay. Okay, then. See y'all in the main episode, listeners. You know, in half a second. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, that was very interesting, Past Pace and Emily. Yeah. So glad you shared that. Brilliant. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Let's make this as awkward as possible. Anyway. Success. <laughs> That's yeah. Easy stuff. Yeah. So it was my first time watching it. And yeah, it was a fun conversation, though, about that, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know I covered a little bit of the background there, uh, but just a very, and also in the episode with Abel, but also just wanted to quick shout out that in our retrospective, I have found a way to, or found a copy of Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. So I'll talk about that in the retrospective, the kind of sequel that was only released in comic book form to this film. Um, so I'll talk a little bit more about that in the retrospective. Uh, beyond that, um, not much background except I have to shout out that Kane Hodder didn't was not asked to come back for Jason. It's very sad for all of you Friday the 13th fans out there we, um, who would think that we'd go through this episode and not mention that great tragedy. Just saying it right here. Why was he asked? Why was he not asked to come back? Because so. Kane Hodder played Jason for four times uh, and was one of the biggest promoters of Freddy versus Jason trying to get it off the ground. Um, but then by the time this film and its 10 year development hell finally was starting to go into pre-production new line cinema for undisclosed reasons, decided to go with somebody else. It has since been uh, a lot of people have said, um, not sure how true this is, but the, what they say about it is that new line ultimately wanted somebody who was taller than Jason, I mean, taller than Freddie because they wanted there to be a visual height difference between Freddie and Jason with Jason kind of like towering over Freddie. And so, wow, so that like, was the reason why they didn't go with a long time running no Jason actor respect for actual acting. Just yeah. Also like there is so much that you can do to make it look like a height difference. Literally, Gandalf and I know. The Hobbits. I was about to say, post. this is post Lord of the Rings, too. They should have had that figured out by now, because the first one came out in 2001, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, this does not seem... That is a terrible reason. Yes. If it's true. And makes me think that it's that there is something else that was going on. But I don't know. That is what most people think. It could have also been money. Uh, Ronnie Yu, has, who directed the film, has been blamed a lot by a lot of fans for that. Just saying that's trash. Don't blame Ronnie Yu. I feel like there's a little bit of racism in there, too, of blaming Ronnie Yu. Uh, it definitely seems to have been a studio producer's decision. And sad because Jason... Uh, Jason. It's sad because Kane Hodder still remains to be one of the best people who ever played Jason and also continues to be a huge 
like name in horror and does a lot of stunt acting and just a really cool guy from what it sounds like. Um, yeah. Past co co-host, past co-host uh, Joe actually met Kane Hodder. So go back and listen to our um, Friday the 13th series in season two. Cause he talks about how he met Kane Hodder and how Kane Hodder was just like one of the biggest sweethearts ever. So uh, nice. Yeah. I, it is a weird concept to me to like replace the main character. Like I know that it happens mostly like because one dies or because the doctor regenerates into a new body. But aside from that, like, well, it's weird. The thought is, you know, he's wearing a mask and even when the mask is off, it's all prosthetics anyway. So would it really matter? Of course it yeah. does matter, but like, that's kind of like the studio's yeah. there, There's just like such thinking. disrespect for acting and particularly for like acting that is much more embodied and less verbal exactly and, like exactly. facial yeah and there were plenty of close-ups on eyeballs like right there's, there's a lot that can be said with your eyes yeah, yeah. um so the <laughs> the first time ever i think <laughs> For an actual horror movie, I have some background information too. Yay! So when I first saw um, Jason Ritter's character, I don't remember the names of the boys because who ever does. But um, so I just want to quick pause and say that is hilarious that you refer to both of the boy characters by who they are attached to. The, the not even like the woman actor, but like the woman actor's name in the film and but just completely ignore the name of the character's name of the boy actors love it yeah i don't know so you can tell me or our listeners (laughs) who jason ritter plays um but he he plays will okay will um so he is will the institutionalized kid who thought he saw Lori's dad kill her mom and in Joan of Arcadia, he plays Kevin Girardi, Joan's older brother, um, who, like, his main thing at the beginning is that he was in a car accident and so is in a wheelchair, is a wheelchair user, and just getting, like, still figuring out what that means for him, having been a star athlete. There's lots of problematic stuff on the Joan of Arcadia side of, like, non-disabled actors playing disabled characters um and but what i thought was like fascinating so like that i was when i saw him i was like this is from joan of arcadia and then i saw chris marquette who is the like nerdy perfect kid who kia like despises slash loves unclear how they end up i mean dead but beyond that um so He's like this nerdy whatever kid in Freddy versus Jason, but in Joan of Arcadia, he is Adam Rove, who is Joan's who Joan like meets and befriends and then becomes her boyfriend for a while in the show. Um so I just thought it was fascinating because I was like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, this is like Joan of Arcadia meets Freddy versus Jason. I Freddy love versus it. Jason versus Joan. I love um, it. And, I would actually like to see that. Yeah, that would be actually hilarious because Joan of Arcadia is based on this girl named Joan who 
here's God, who like God shows up in a variety of different people, which is why it was canceled after two seasons because God was in fact not like rarely ever an old white guy. Um, yeah. But then I was like, well, which came first, Joan of Arcadia or Freddy versus Jason? Turns out Freddy versus Jason by one month and 13 days. Because yeah. the first episode of Joan of Arcadia came out September 26th, 2003. So it was just this like fascinating thing where I was like, oh my gosh, they were like, like what kind of a crossover is this? Where like Love literally it. the like group of people that are fans of Joan of Arcadia and the group of people that are fans of Freddy versus Jason does not seem like the group of people that has lots of overlap. And yet here we are. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if you go back into 2003, uh, fall of 2003, a lot of teens were going out to see Freddy versus Jason, and the, which might be why they were put in what that might, in other words, it might have been an intentional like vehicle to help launch some of the careers of the Joan of Arcadia mm-hmm. cast. Maybe, but would like, be my guess. I guess Adam comes into play not in the first episode but pretty quickly on so like that's the thing is that because they're so close in in airtime the production and casting had to have been before either were out yeah and so like- knowing how hollywood works probably freddie versus jason was filmed first and during the post-production of that is when they filmed the f- first several episodes of joan of arcadia Aside from the pilot, the pilot may have been filmed before Freddy vs. Jason, but who knows? Yeah, but I don't think, I mean, Kevin was in the pilot, but I don't think Adam was, so. Yeah. And Adam's name is Letterman, in case you didn't Uh, say that. I did Um, not, because I didn't know. (laughs) One of those guys. One of the ones that I, like, actually liked the most, for the most part, out of all of the guys, like, I disliked him the least. (laughs) <laughs> that so there's much. still things to yeah there's still things that are kind of gross about them but anyway yeah. we'll yeah. get there um i guess we'll go dive right into the summary then so <laughs> my one sentence summary has not changed in the year since i last covered this in hnac it's twinkie power bottom versus muscle bear top the movie <laughs> love it that that feels accurate you see that feels see? accurate as our listeners um, know i refuse to let pace tell me that before yeah. watching and and i'm glad and now <laughs> it makes all the sense I see it. yeah so um in, the, in our little past emily and pace recording uh there were a few questions that came up so i just kind of wanted to go through them and see if we have answers to them so these are all questions that Emily had asked. So Emily asked, are we supposed to be rooting for one of them? What do you think? I I think the fans of each franchise, if there are like hardcore Freddy fans and hardcore Jason fans, like they're going to root for either one of them. But honestly, I watch these movies and I root for the people who are not them. So sure. I very much was rooting for Laurie in a Freddy versus Jason versus Laurie kind of sense. I don't know who Ash is, so I can't like. Oh, Ash is not yet in this franchise. Um, that's and he is from the Evil Dead Army of the Dead franchise, so it's mm-hmm. kind of a continuation of what happens if Ash 
um, Ash is the protagonist of that. So he's kind of like the good guy. So what would happen if mm. Ash versus Freddy versus Jason? Interesting. Kind of like Blade. The day. A little bit, yeah. Okay. So next yeah, so. question. Yeah. Next question. Does Freddy take over Jason's nightmares? Yes. And not by Jason's doing. Freddy gets pulled into reality again to be killed again. Yes. <laughs> Which is like, okay, people. Like, we did that trope. Admittedly, they did it a little bit differently. But yeah, so <laughs> Freddy does take over Jason's nightmares. But it seems like only when Jason is like tranked by Freddy, who is well, possessing. In the beginning, also, we, Jay, uh, Freddy puts Jason through that memory of being at camp killing counselors then his mom shows up and freddie tells him to go out and kill people as his mom i am curious because freddie has lost power because Mm -hmm. nobody remembers him which is like a whole thing right like oh it's one thing to be like burned and to die that's awful but and then and then he says what is it um but being forgotten now that's a bitch um, which i have my own issues with as we've already discussed in our <laughs> i think the fifth the fifth night yeah the dream show. child yep yeah um i have my own issues with that particular word but <laughs> freddie's like worst fear is being forgotten which is fascinating because that's like historically that's been the thing, like the idea of everlasting life, the idea of a reputation and na- making a name for yourself, anything being everlasting is being remembered beyond your life. Yeah. And so Freddie's like, so loses his power because of that, but then somehow is able to get to Jason. So that I don't understand. Yeah. Well, um, first, just to point out that Freddy's motivation is the same as Hector's in Coco. So I just want to point that out, that <laughs> same kind of character path there. I want to be remembered. How can I make that happen? Um, <laughs> if you want to explore that more, listen to our movie commentary slash become yes. a, patron support, a Patreon supporter. Yeah. And also, it really doesn't make it clear about like what's happening. I guess Freddy no longer has power to entered dreams in the real world and impact stuff in the real world through dreams. But since Jason apparently is in hell, because Freddie said he was searching the depths of hell, he was able to find Jason and enter Jason's dreams in hell, I guess. It's not clear. Okay. That I remember. And then it's like, maybe it's hell. Maybe it's, or maybe it's his dreams. Maybe it's just hell. Yeah. And seeing him in hell. Okay, I do remember that. Yeah, thank you for the reminder of yeah, yeah. how he gets to him. Next question: Did they team up to kill everyone? <laughs> okay, so it seems like maybe that's what's going to happen, and because Freddy can't kill anybody yet, and then Jason starts killing, and Freddy's like, "Oh no." Those are mine to kill. Yeah. So that I thought was a kind of funny where Freddie's like, <laughs> no, I get those ones. But also like that, that makes sense because if they're teaming up, then it's not Freddie versus Jason. Yeah. Um, 
but also like I could see how like yeah you sent this monster into this space and let him loose and now you're like oh but I didn't really mean for you to be that I just wanted you to be an exact puppet for a precise amount of time until I got my power back and now I'm done with you and that's not how any human works evil or otherwise (laughs) I love it uh kind of speaking of that is Jason actually human? We don't. Uh, let's find out. What Jason lore did you get from this film? That's a good question because it said like Jason never dies, so there's like an implication that he is not human. There's an implication that none of them are human because how do they keep not dying? Right? Like <laughs> Freddy literally gets pulled in from Dreamland into reality multiple times to be killed. Um, okay, so I. My Jason lore is, um, A, Jason has mommy issues. Mm. (laughs) Yes. Huge mommy issues. Like, that's the thing. Um, And Jason, Jason's killing people and serial killer mode or whatever is a trauma response to being bullied at camp is my understanding of it. Um. And so then he, like, stabs people, kills people for justice mm. or bloodlust or just mom. A little bit unclear, but there's a sense, at least at the beginning, where, like, literally the asshole is killed first. And I was mm. like, yes, favorite kill, done. Love it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and also... um. Last Jason lore question, then I, if you want, I can give you a little bit more Jason lore. And also for listeners who are following the Freddy franchise, but haven't followed the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, So, but last question for you, Phantom of the Opera or Hiding Identity? What is the point of his mask? Well, okay. So now that we know, now that I know about the actor change, it makes it even more both and. Right. There's a Phantom of the Opera like around disfigurement and the way that that is stigmatized and like made illy, right, like ugly laws were things. And some are still on the books because we don't get rid of old laws even when we stop following them. Um, So that's like that piece of like, which we'll get into a lot more in the deep dive, um, is Phantom of the Opera-ish ish-esque and then the hiding the identity well it's very convenient way (laughs) for them to be able to just trade out the actors on a whim if the actors are wearing a mask on top of the prosthetics um so i i'm not happy that they traded out the like the (laughs) actor was good it wasn't like they picked a bad actor for jason but i'm not happy that they did not continue with the actor that had been playing Jason and that had been such a champion of this exact movie. Right. Like, right. It's just a shitty thing to do. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we'll quick go back in time to our first episode on, well, actually I think it was our Freddy's revenge. So nightmare on the street part two, mm-hmm. uh, when in the behind the scenes movie, I talked about how they had initially replaced, um, mm-hmm. 
Robert Englund as Freddy because the because the common practice in slasher movies, if you have somebody covering a lot of prosthetic or behind a mask, was you just get a stunt double to play that role. It's a lot cheaper. They can do all their own stunts, and since there's no dialogue, doesn't matter. That was what they had been doing in the Jason movies for many years. That's what they've been doing in the Halloween movies. That's what they tried to do in this movie. They realized they couldn't do it. Robert Englund's performance was too, like you said, he's a good actor. So he can embody a performance even when he's not speaking. And that kind of changed the formula a little bit. So shortly after this, the night, um, the Friday the 13th franchise got Kane Hodder to um, play Jason and he did such a good job that they kept bringing him back and he embodied Jason for four films. Um, and then he was not brought back for this one, as we said, uh, but J your Jason Lord is pretty much right on. So I'm glad, I guess that the film does a good job of conveying the Jason stuff. So does he kill for justice for bloodlust or for mom? I mean, yes, we, yeah all of the above um but uh, uh friday the, the, yeah i will say it like it is clear that he's like a mommy's boy like mama's boy but it's not clear like what is behind i didn't i didn't figure out like what exactly is going on with that relationship yeah so and different movies have different takes on that relationship yeah, so it's one okay. of those things that isn't fully consistent in the friday the 13th franchise but like broad breaststroke is that the first friday the 13th um pamela Voorhees, jason's mom is the killer jason does not appear in that movie at all except in a flashback slash dream sequence so jay so basically what happened was jason Voorhees at camp crystal lake was bullied and drowned um mm -hmm. it well it's not even sure he's bullied it basically says the camp counselors weren't paying attention and he drowned so the whole film was um pamela Voorhees getting back at the camp counselors by murdering them all for the death of her son the okay. second one and like her son had died like 20 years ago so like the right, because who doesn't wait 20 years to well the camp had closed down and every time the camp tried to open mysterious things would happen and so this was the camp trying yet again to open 20 years later and she murders everybody before it can open um then the second film uh <laughs> wait so she didn't even get revenge on the actual people who were not who were they they were all murdered too in oh. the so she first murdered the first round of campers and then uh now 20 years later she comes back to murder everybody else again um because they're trying to open up the camp uh yeah uh but she gets killed at the end of that movie spoilers um and then we the second movie we have the person who is the final girl who survived all the slaughterings and end up killing pamela Voorhees, getting hunted down and killed in her suburban apartment somewhere by someone who you cannot see that person's face and it does not reveal until towards the end of the movie that Jason Voorhees actually has been alive this whole time. He didn't drown like everyone thought. And now he's getting revenge for them killing his mom. So the first few movies were about him getting revenge for killing his mom. Um, he was just a human who was disfigured, had a disfigured face and yet um, was otherwise 
a human with typical strength and ability and stuff, just but going around taking revenge on his mom. And then he finally dies in part four. In part six, one of the survivors dealing with trauma is thinking that Jason has come back to life, so he wants to go to Jason's grave to see for sure. Mm-hmm. He digs up the grave, stick, uh, sees Jason's rotting corpse, gets really upset, and takes an iron rod, stabs it through Jason's heart, lightning strikes the rod jason is resurrected and from that point forward jason is an immortal zombie killing machine um and so so this movie picks up with jason in the fifth in the fifth one fifth one uh long story short copycat killings Nobody liked that one, so that's why they brought back the OG Jason for part six. In fact, part six is called Jason Lives because they're like, yeah, part five didn't work. We'll just bring Jason back. Okay. Um, Yeah. And then the end of the franchise, Jason, uh, before this movie anyways, Jason uh, is finally killed with some mystical means and apparently is sent to hell. So that's where Freddy finds him in this movie. And then beyond this movie, it came out before this movie, three years before this movie, but it takes place after Jason X or Jason in space. So set like several thousand years in the future, we have Uber Jason in space killing people. And then there's also a Jason remake. So the Friday the 13th franchise is on in a variety of amusing ways. Um, Okay. Did you all cover Jason X? Yes. Okay. I might have to see that one because space. It is it sounds awful. It, it is sounds ridiculous. Awful, yet it also knows it's awful. So like there's a bit of like self-aware humor in it, which I think is redeeming because it's like we know we have no budget. Um and the studio is not gonna give us a budget, so we'll just have fun. And it was fun. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it. and it was came out in two thousand one with like really low budget computer graphics, so you can just imagine. But yeah, Kane, that was Kane Hodder's last appearance as Jason, which mm-hmm. takes place chronologically after this movie, even though it was filmed and released before this movie. Okay. So anyway. Interesting. Okay. Back to the question. So that does yeah. that clear up your Jason lore? Yeah. Remember Jason lore cool. feels, feels pretty good there. Good. Um, so watching the film, another question. Did you think that this, like I said, this script was, this movie was in development hell for 10 years. So do you think that the script and the finished product shows 10 years worth of effort? Uh, I mean, okay. I said, I think in the fourth Nightmare on Elm Street, I was like, okay, really? This is like the same plot again and again and again and so in that respect like it is a very different plot like it is a it is a having to figure out how to bring people back and like those sorts of things in semi-creative ways but then it also uses like the usual trope right like literally they pulled freddie out of the nightmare and into reality (laughs) by holding on to him when they wake up like that part of like Okay, you could like, yeah. I mean, you have a way to do it, and so use it. But also, is there not any other more creative way to do it? Um, but then there's just a limit on any like horror film 
there's like the plot of a horror film bad bad guy kills lots of people is quote unquote defeated who knows <laughs> that's that's my that's my ooh that's my I feel like we can make a t-shirt of that horror movie plot bad I would guy. say slasher people. plot but yes okay slasher plot slasher <laughs> plot bad guy kills people is quote unquote defeated but who knows? Yeah, fair. Now very I want much, that t-shirt. Yeah, very much. I, it might actually already exist. I mean, that's the trope with this. Like everybody makes fun of slasher movies for essentially being the same. But yeah. um, even so, yeah. But still, like, I can't help but just wonder. Like, they had ten years worth of scripts, and they, this one, how is this one the best one they had? How's this one? They thought, yeah, let's film this. Like, there's a line in this film where. Lori literally goes something like, Jason is scared of water. Fire is Freddy f- scared of, uh, Freddy's scared of fire. How can we use that? And she even says it like, how can we use that? I'm reading yeah. this off a script right now. It's like, Jesus Christ, you yeah. couldn't come up with a more creative well, way to show have, that or say that. <laughs> and they could have done a lot more with fire and water. Yeah. And also like, Freddy is scared of fire, but not really. Right? Jason, it seems like, is scared of water. Which is something he's only been scared of for two movies now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in the Friday, Friday the 13th franchise, you'll re- realize that Jason, like, literally goes underwater and, like, will pounce on people from underwater on a boat and, like, kill them. Like, he's not scared of water. He's, Where he's is this coming from? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I was wondering about that because... He does go into water a bunch, and especially if, like, he didn't actually drown, then <laughs> he survived the water. Like, traumatic. Yep. So maybe, like, a Batman thing of, like, ah, bad. <laughs> I'm going to become Batman. Ah, water. Yep. I'm going to become Waterman. <laughs> um, now I want an Aquaman Jason. Aquaman versus Jason. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. As long as so, we can have Jason Momoa versus Kane Hodder, I think that would be oh have to be the people playing each character. Okay. I'm down for it. I'm down for it. Yeah. But yeah, so there's like some stuff that I'm like, yeah, okay. And some stuff that is like, okay, so very obviously not. <laughs> now, a few fun questions that we still ask, but I can't help but not ask so i already gave i already gave away who i think in my one sentence description but who do you think is the top and bottom in this relationship between freddie v jason i i think you're right like i your description was really accurate of um freddie definitely like power bottom and jason definitely top um yeah you could like Uh you could make arguments other for like other alignments um but jason is sub for no man he's only sub for his mom right like that's the that's that's the thing and Mm -hmm. jason like or and freddie like wants to kind of be like the top but also is just not yeah yeah Yeah. definitely um Trinitarian formula. So <laughs> you have not yet seen Michael Myers Halloween franchise, but at least you can guess 
which whether Freddie or Jason, which members of the Trinity you would say they are, maybe. Yeah. So it's actually like, yeah, I don't know Mike Myers and that's fine. Um, also, whenever we say Michael Myers, I think of Austin Power. <laughs> You're not the only one to think of that, but yes. Okay. It's a weird coincidence. To the okay. And it was almost even commented on um, Halloween H2O. They wanted to have Michael Myers, the actor, cameo, just as like a cameo in it, but he declined. But oh, still. wonder. That would have <laughs> right? been funny. Um, okay. So I think... Freddie would be the Holy Spirit because he works like particularly through nightmares and dreams and is more is less tangible most of the time but also like decidedly impacts what is happening in the world um and then Jason I would put as like the Jesus character um of the like the the Jesus character of the Trinity um very embodied, very human. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> and a lot of resurrection, if you watch the Friday 13th franchise. <laughs> I was going to say, and I think you had mentioned, like, the, the resurrection, but also, like, the never going to die, like, yeah, everlasting. I mean, and he even goes to space. He ascends to heaven in Jason X. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, and the, like water and baptism and drowning with christ in baptism and yeah yeah so the default is then mike myers is michael myers is like the the father godhead yes which makes sense in a very real way real world way in the sense that friday the 13th was originally designed as a direct ripoff slash crap cash grab from the halloween franchise um which predated uh friday 13th by two years so Hmm. okay so fitting so very fitting uh i agree with you um that's my same trinitarian formula for those three uh did abel have a different i think i think abel was on the same page as we are but i'll have to go back and listen to the episode um, I should have listened to it ahead of time for this, but what didn't think of it? I'll listen to it though before we get to our retrospective, so I can bring any new or any new stuff. Check yeah. any stuff, yeah. Um, next question though, is this a Freddy? This is a question I asked, and I'm very curious uh, what your opinion is as someone who's only seen the Freddy movies thus far. Is this a more of a Freddy movie or a Jason movie? Knowing that you don't know really know what a Jason movie is, but is this similar enough to a Freddy movie for you to say, oh, yeah, this is Freddy? Or is it like this is a different format and structure in a way that the Nightmare movies haven't really done? Mm. Um, I guess I kind of think that it was a Freddy movie. Like there, there is more nudity and like unnecessary naked women running around. <laughs> um. But also, like, that is primarily in the flashback to, like, the birth narrative of Jason. I was referring, uh, when Pace and I were watching, I was referring to the, like, um, the, the like, greatest hits. Pace referred to him as, like, Freddy's greatest hits and Jason's yeah. greatest hits. Or Grace- Jason's, like, 
mom yeah freddie's greatest hits and jason's greatest hits and i just referred to them both as like the birth narratives <laughs> like the birth narrative of luke and the birth narrative of matthew and um because you know hashtag tis the season <laughs> <laughs> yep um yeah so like the nudity is mostly in the birth narrative part not in like the whole movie and there is a sense of like there is i mean i and in some ways it's probably both because there is a sense of people are dying in dreams and it's a like it is a freddy movie for sure mm-hmm. um but also people are getting killed in real life in very what i think are slasher ways like machete through the chest over and over and over again yep um so i think it's both yeah probably um also the last freddy movie i don't think i jumped at all and i actually Mm -hmm. have a count this one and and freddy's not a big jump scare but there were there were like a couple places that were Jason, like I imagine Jason is more of a Jason jump scare type of mm-hmm. franchise. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, yeah. you'll have to like keep listening to see how many times <laughs> they jumped. But yeah. yeah, I will say for me watching the first time, that's so interesting you say that because watching it the first time, a lot of fans, especially Friday 13th fans, I think are the loudest about the same. This is more of a Freddy movie than a Jason movie watching this i was really kind of struck by one of the things that is distinct distinct for from the friday 13th franchise is that jason is kind of a morality tale so basically if someone's getting killed in a friday the 13th movie it's because they did something that was morally questionable they had yeah. sex uh, without protection or before marriage they get or murdered they asshole. smoke they smoke pot. They get murdered. They drink underage. They get murdered. Like that's over and over and over again. In the where the Friday the Thirteenth franchise ends up, it didn't start out that way, but where it ends up, that's like becomes the trope of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they go out of their way to show every single character in this being awful in some way, except for Laurie. And Laurie's mm-hmm. the one that survives. To me, that's a very, very, very friday 13th trope that Mm. just doesn't exist in the freddy movies and the freddy movies the kids like the instead of saying like they're bad for this reason they instead say here's a little icebreaker game for them that freddy's going to manipulate and come back to which but like all the kids are kind of on equal footing and stuff so yeah that doesn't really happen as much like there's the one kid who smokes pot his death is like connected to the pot smoking but for the most part, yeah, it's not the same <laughs> yeah. kind of formulaic method for Freddy. Yeah. So I guess. Using their one characteristic to manipulate. Yeah, I guess from a plot perspective, I guess it's more of a Freddy movie. This is where I'll settle down after this conversation. Plot perspective, more Freddy. Formula perspective, more Jason. Okay. That's probably where I'd land. That makes sense to me because, like, literally when the asshole was killed i was like <laughs> the asshole's killed first i love it and he has and, a really glorious death getting folded up in that bed oh too and stuff yeah oh. right like he was dead before that and then that and yeah but it's it is a like it's like that's not typical of freddie necessarily although 
it is in a like I part of what I wrote is like evidence of a Freddy or Wes Craven movie question mark because Mm. not that the asshole is killed first but that it's not like part of what Wes Craven was trying to do with Nightmare on Elm Street is not have it be damsel in distress Mm -hmm. always like saved by somebody else or that sort of a thing but to like have the women and girls who fight back who save themselves who can face this like horrendous nightmare um Mm -hmm. and so that was i was like huh it's not the black girl yes black character is not the one who's killed first um and it's not even like a woman like it's it's mm-hmm. the popular asshole. Yep, yep. Which it, my like nerdy outcast <laughs> childhood self was like, yeah. I love it. Vengeance yeah. is mine, says Freddy, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> right. Last question for you that we covered before we got into it. And then we'll just kind of go through some of our favorite scenes before a dark dive, a dark dive, deep dive. I was reading ahead in the thing of the show notes. So that was complete conflation. But anyway, before a deep dive, last question. And before we just kind of go through some of our favorite scenes, last question. Mm-hmm. Who do you think won, Freddie or Jason? If the only two options are those two, Jason. Because he... Like, Freddy comes back to try and kill Lori again, again, (laughs) and I put this, where did I put it in my notes? Um, Okay, so Freddy comes back and tries to Jason, the surviving pair, right, because he has the machete, Mm -hmm. and then Jason, Freddy's Freddy, like, literally with the severed arm of nail claw thingies. And then Laurie decapitates Freddy. And then somehow Jason like also falls into the water and drifts. Jason just like voluntarily like falls into the water and He's drifts like, down. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and then even when Jason is walking out of the lake, like they're both there, but Jason has Freddy's head. Not the whole body. And like the head is animated and like winks, blah blah blah. But Jason is definitely the winner between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's interesting because I feel like we also went through two great lengths to make it like, so if you think about it in battle terms, in the dream world, Freddy won mm-hmm. until Jason was taken out of the dream world and Freddy was taken out of the dream world. In the real world, Jason wants, but really now it's just 1-1. One, one. So it leaves you ambiguous who is the one who ultimately win the final point. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't a, oh, clearly this one is way better than the other. It is only because you asked me who won, and I started to analyze it. Yeah. And then I was only analyzing the very ending. Yeah. Because yeah. that's... How you win so, games. No, I was no, I'm agreeing with you. Like they purposely like left it like with Freddie's wink saying that, oh well Freddie's not dead, so there's gonna be a rematch, you know it. It's just never got filmed. Until Freddie versus Ash Freddie versus Jason versus Ash, which is in comic book form. And was almost going to be a movie too. We'll talk about that in the retrospective. Mm. Anyway. Um so I guess we'll just kind of go through some of the scenes that 
were fun to us. <laughs> and then we'll get into our deep dive. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of retconning, right? Which is which has to happen because you have to like synchronize the lore from all of the yeah. previous movies. There were no wise men at the nativity. There was no Jason at the at Freddy's nativity. <laughs> yeah. And, and like Freddy was a particular type of person in life and then at, in death Jason had particular things in life and in death and and the movies are not consistent. So <laughs> then you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, what are the things from the different movies that we actually want to be the Freddy narrative? And what are the different things from the different movies that we want to be the Jason narrative? And the bulk of the Jason narrative is naked women and screaming moms. <laughs> and Freddy is molesting kids and being in nightmares i don't know yeah unless you're murdering kids and then being in nightmares yeah oh yeah so that was that was i was like okay that's that's it i did like how they did freddie regaining power like i needed you to refresh mm-hmm. me on how freddie got jason to do the thing but how they and that like goes all the way back to the first Nightmare on Elm Street that like how she defeated Freddy was by turning her back on him mm-hmm. um, and so Freddy as he's like regaining his power he can scare people but not not, not necessarily hurt them mm-hmm. that sort of thing um, I also thought it was really interesting the way at the police station in particular they basically like Voldemorted Freddy <laughs> in springwood like you don't say his name you can't say his name you don't even like many people don't even know his name yep and then of course by not telling the truth you set people up for being harmed yeah so yeah yeah and i think that's like oh go ahead please no you go i was gonna transition from that so I'd rather. Okay. Well, I was going to say that's a fun transition then. Talk about police station to the dream sequences. And some are good, some are bad. But the the first dream sequence we get for a character um, is when Lori closes her eyes, tries her best to remember the name they said, suddenly speaks the name out loud, opens her eyes, and she's in a dream in the police station. I just thought that was really effective. Mm-hmm. From there, the dream's gonna go downhill. But like that was the cool dream. The first, the first dream was the best dream, and I just thought that was really well done. Yeah. Um, but some of the other dreams, like th- there's another cool thing that I thought was done was the writing on the bodies. It's not the first time Jason. Uh, it's not the first time Freddie has done that. But I always think that's a cool way that Freddie communicates with those who are awake by writing. Yeah. The bodies. Yeah, I really like that one too. I the worst dream was the like cornfield raves. There are a variety of different things, right? But like the drunk girl gets duped. Mm-hmm. Obviously not the dead boyfriend. <laughs> um, but she's wasted and distraught. And then like the guy who is raping her while she's unconscious like right. going to rape her while she's unconscious. And then I th- I did I did like that Jason pulls them out of like that's the point where i think up until then in a lot of respects jason had been according to freddie freddie's puppet right when freddie Mm -hmm. thinks he's the top 
um, <laughs> where he's like the puppet pulling mm-hmm. the strings and now Freddie has enough power to actually like cause harm but also he Jason does because Jason always has and then Jason kills them while she is still in the dream and takes her away from Freddy. Mm-hmm. And then Freddy's like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Like, you're not allowed to do that. And then gets put in his place because yeah. he's not actually the top. Mm-hmm. I love it. The description. And a very, very Jason death to uh, kill there of Jason penetrating people while they're in the midst of trying to penetrate. It's classic mm-hmm. Jason kill there. There's yeah. so many times when people are about to have sex or having sex or just after sex and Jason's like, now I'm going to stab you. And he does. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that weird Alice in Wonderland caterpillar, as you called it. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> really bad CGI, but oh, still kind it. of fun. <laughs> it really was like i'm curious i thought it was alice in wonder did you not get alice in wonderland vibes no i think it was intentional probably alice okay. in wonderland vibes the smoking like, caterpillar but alice in wonderland vibes for me so yeah Oof. um less phallic than some of the other freddy worms that we see throughout the series so there are so many of those right like whether it's his worms. tongue or this weird like face thing or oh, so many as i say the freddy worms i think of as the face things but also his tongue is just his tongue yeah. is the creepiest yes the creepiest Ugh. Uh, also i love so one of the coolest scenes i think of the movie is the well the cornfield rafe just first of all what high schoolers have cornfield i i have not from your you've you've been in iowa do you like people in the midwest and stuff rural areas and corn areas have cornfield raves when they're in high school um not that i know of though when i was in college i was um i played ultimate frisbee for like a year and <laughs> that tracks i say with love <laughs> I did a lot of things for like trying it out. I'm actually like really good at being the like pass it to me in the end zone kind of person, especially on co-ed teams because nobody thinks that it would be me. Um, I'm a pretty good catcher. Anyway, the so the one thing that we did do, <laughs> the one thing, sorry, <laughs> the one thing that we did do was when like, which was like, it was hazing, but it wasn't like a hazing type of thing. But they, I think, blindfolded us and took us out into a cornfield at night. Um, and But what we ended up doing is we had the, like, microwavable, like, handheld pie things. Like McDonald's makes, like, all sorts of places make. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So having that, and then we'd, like place it on the road when a car was coming and then oh and then hide in the ditch and then the car would drive by and if the car ran over your um your pie then you got to eat it because it would like open the package 
it would pop the, a hole in the package and you got to eat it. That's the closest it, co- it came to any sort of cornfield rave for me as a college kid in rural Iowa. <laughs> I love it. Oh, dear. Um, and so, yeah, no cornfield rave for me either, sadly. Um, but I mean, You just moved to the Midwest, so. True, true. Although I hear hockey's bigger out here than cornfield raves, so we'll see. Um, maybe there's ice rink, ice lake raves. That's actually possible. Land of a thousand <laughs> lakes. Ten thousand lakes. I yep, don't know. Yep. More than whatever the phrase is. Ten thousand lakes and ten thousand bottoms, I'm told. That's something for another day. <laughs> so, <laughs> um... <laughs> Yes, the cornfield rave. I love that scene of Jason on fire walking through the corn. Very iconic scene. Love it. Sad that in all the Friday the 13th movies, this is the one where you get to see a really cool, beefy, bulky Jason walking through um, a cornfield while of flame. Cool. Yeah. Not salty about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan. But I, I did think it was in interesting like there's a commentary on agribusiness right like the big ag companies are the ones who like are why we have corn and soybean corn and soybean corn and soybean and it's largely not eaten by humans Mm -hmm. and so then like when freddie's like setting it all on fire part of him is like all right like burn it down put that put those nutrients back in the soil let's try something better for the environment than that and for like and our for sustainability and for, yeah and for the farmers too because mm-hmm. big ag if you know anything about that it's shitty for most farmers too so mm-hmm. yeah the the entire like agricultural system in the u.s is based is like you plant stuff because of government subsidies yeah. you're not going to make money on basically anything else so, whole problematic thing. For real. Um, and then the, we get to the final showdown. Um, there's some cool scenes in here. I love them fighting in the cabin when it's on fire. That's a really cool scene. Mm-hmm. Um, can't get around the F-slur and the dark meat comment. Like, run right after the other. Like, yeah. this was 2003. Like, we knew better then. Come on. Really. Yeah. I was like... Oh, and like he—he's supposed to be shitty, so like I get that, but also, yeah, do better, no better, do better, right? Yeah, um, I did like that they that Freddie brought Jason into Nightmare Land, and then the the youths these days. <laughs> brought freddy into real life um like i liked the way that they played with the freddy land and jason land like the their own kind of spheres of influence there Mm -hmm. was um there was heat and there was water and there was like and then there was like freddy (laughs) freddy tries to jason (laughs) the survivors and then jason freddy's freddy and then like and then Lori, Jason's Freddy, and then Jason like drifts off into the water. So, yeah. um, yeah, I liked the way that that like 
kind of kept going back and forth and back and forth in a in a similar way to how dreams do in mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, where it's like dream reality dream. I don't know, but it's very fluid. Oh my yep. gosh, it's like the dream thing, but it's fluid like water. <laughs> it's like wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> It's it's a wild movie. Like it, the best way to enjoy this movie is to just check out mentally and have fun. Because like, <laughs> the second you start thinking about it, you're like, "Wait, what? This makes no fucking sense." And I think they kind of do that. Pretty but much. and maybe that's why like it took them ten years is like to, before they finally realized like you know what it's, it's going to suck be. no matter what. Yeah. We'll just have fun. So. That makes sense. Um, but there was originally like some of the script uh, spec scripts for this was like to have a showdown in hell, which I think would have been kind of cool and theological. Mm-hmm. But for what we get, it's definitely would have been great for this podcast. Right, right. And for uh, like Brandon Gravius. Yes. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, so, yeah. I, I don't think I would have liked a showdown in hell because <laughs> that's not where either of them. Like, neither of them have home turf there. And who are we going to root for? Coming <laughs> Satan. from the person that, like, roots for the actual human being, like, yeah. the non-evil. <laughs> Completely. The right root for Satan, because Satan's punishing them for, for all eternity, for all their evilness. Right, because, you know, that's how hell works and hell exists. It's totally and some theologies, not, yes. Not made up at all. Yeah. Uh... Someday we're gonna do just a deep dive on hell. We're gonna have. We've to talked about it before, like the, about doing that sometime in the future. When and Jason goes to hell, we take a deep, a little bit of a deep dive into hell in the mm-hmm. film. Actually, tell Jason goes to hell, which actually doesn't have Jason going to hell. So it's like a letdown, anyway. Rude. But yeah, we'll we'll get there. Probably when we do our Exorcist series, we can get into oh, some yeah. of the hell stuff. We'll do that one of these seasons. Stay yeah. tuned for season ninety three. When we are <laughs> when we finally get in our sixties and still gone, um, so I guess we'll transition to deep dive. And mostly, I just want to give Emily the stage here because this is their first time watching it. But the only thing I kind of want to just kick off the conversation by saying, watching this for now and recording it as Team Freddy going into it instead of Team Jason, the biggest. Mm-hmm insight i have is because we keep talking about this on the podcast um is mm-hmm. holy shit freddie really is the toxic white cis heteropatriarchy like personified mm-hmm. unmasked so to speak like you one of the th- things that his character does is shows the real world harm that those things are so uh, he's kind of like mm-hmm. by embodying that we get to see the real the real world consequences in real time as opposed to some of the more meta consequences that happen IRL um and then of course with that though this unmasking kind of thing when you have somebody whose face has scars and burn marks and stuff like that and then he's also Mm -hmm. going off against Jason who was um in this version of the lore born with some sort of facial um disability and dis- deformity and stuff like that and then it's just really gross how these are like both person evil personified connected disability and all that mm-hmm. stuff so just yeah that's there 
Yeah. Well, and there is like particularly so much around disability and we, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but um, the like, I think it's particularly interesting because of how Jason shows up in this movie as punishing people and that it was not the same punishing people, right? It's punishing people not because they're having sex, right? But because of particular things, it seems like in this movie, whether or not that's actually consistent with Jason other places is clearly debatable. Um, But like that, so that space of like Jason as justice um, and like the way that Jason is portrayed in this is there is disfigurement obviously but there's also like the way the child Jason character runs definitely is coded for disability and so whether it's intellectual disability physical disability um but like it definitely seems like kids are bullying him because he's disabled and then he drowns and that becomes the motivator of like justice and vengeance and the ways that like we have no concept of the difference between justice and vengeance um mm-hmm. but yeah so that that piece of like also then like disabled people being the perpetrators when the reality is overwhelmingly disabled people are more likely to be victims of violence of neglect of harm of a variety of kinds than perpetrators and so like these movies and i've felt like this about the freddie about the nightmare on elm street movies a bunch of the like way that freddie in particular but also lots of people like stigmatize psychology and therapy and those sorts of things to the extent that like will accuses see i remembered his name only because you told me earlier. Yay. Um, where Kevin Girardi accuses the other guy of like holding on to this psychobabble bullshit like it's his security blanket or something. And it's like, well, it is supposed to be that. It is supposed to be the support for him. Mm-hmm. Like, and it seems like maybe he actually like was getting help a little bit in that. Certainly he's like taking these non-FDA approved (laughs) very sketch meds that turn people into zombies which is a whole other like horror movie spinoff right like that just gets dropped right and Lori's dad needs to be like interrogated on that one right that's that's not how institutionalization is supposed to work also institutionalization is bad like it is not good to like the way the institutionalization happens, especially around mental illness in the United States, is bad. There are mm-hmm. way like there are needs for finding ways for people to be safe and stay alive when it's hard, when they have to figure out meds, all of that stuff. But like, especially this institutional, literally a prison. Um, but I'm also thinking about like New York City just passed a thing, and the mayor was like, "Oh, we're gonna like." basically institutionalize more homeless people we're just gonna like put them involuntary institutionalization 
right? Involuntarily commit them to get them off the streets, not get them the help and support that they need so that they can get off the streets, not give them housing, not any of that. Just put them in a mental institution so that we don't have to look at them. Which like we have been moving away from institutionalization and now it's like this huge step back and for people who are already marginalized, already oppressed, already facing all of this harm. <sighs> that was a big soapbox for me. I liked it. I'm glad you shared that. And that's something we 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 talk about um I think a lot in season one of Horror Nerds at Church was kinda like the history of institutionalization and I go into Foucault and stuff like that. So mm. now those episodes are on Patreon in theory. So for only $5 a month, you too can hear about some ongoing um, past deep dives about this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you for bringing that into this one. Um, it's been a while yeah. since we got went down that road and this is a good movie to do it. There's a lot of institutionalization horror movies in general, but a lot in the Freddy movies. Yeah. <laughs> so. like that's the origin story of like how Freddy came to exist in the first place. So it yep. makes sense, but yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that was the big one that I had and we kind of covered the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout. That's good. And we're already at an hour 20. So we, we got through a lot. It, it doesn't feel like we recorded that long, but I know we have been. Yeah. Well, we, cause we had really good conversations and, this was a more balanced one because I actually knew things. Yeah. I could contribute to the background information. Yay, Jean of Arcadia. <laughs> you know. But yeah, it was it felt yeah. It it did feel like a shorter conversation. Also, we have the like however many long <laughs> first first time watching. Right. That's seven so minutes long. So we're already at one thirty okay. almost. Yeah. That's okay. That's we we do we do long episodes. We do short episodes, and well, we don't really do short episodes. We do even our minisodes are over an hour. But anyway, it's true. Uh, it's true. So, Although it is the the other piece is that we went into Jason Lore. That's what it was. It was true. The Jason Lore that was like well, that was important for yeah mm-hmm. for all of our friends who haven't been following along the Friday the Thirteenth series. Yeah, and for um, and for Emily. Which is uh, like a both ends. We, we, uh, um. So I guess we're to rating the movie, and if you have a favorite kill, so we're doing ten nightmares. Uh, nightmares but it's because this is Freddy versus Jason. If you want to do any machetes in there, which was our rating season from season two, mm-hmm. you can change up and do a machete instead of a nightmare or a mixture of both, whatever you want. Um, so I have 10 machetes and or nightmares and you have a very cool. Um, yeah. So I think this is hard cause this is a fun movie for the episode, but n- like in terms of the episode, but yeah, it wasn't like, and it was fun in that I knew some of the actors mm-hmm. I never do. Um, but in terms of the actual movie, I'm like, okay, this, uh, I think maybe like a six and a half. Interesting. Cool. I don't know. Uh, that one's, it's hard to read. Six and a half nightmares. And of course, my favorite kill is the asshole. 
<laughs> the first kill. Zero percent surprise. Very gory. Very good kill. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I don't even remember what I rated that. This is the first time to go around, but that's okay because it's a new um, different context. New um, so I would say I would rate this also a six night, uh, no, six machetes with a half, which is the shadow Freddy not being a full dr- nightmare yet, but almost so six and a half. Um, and my favorite kill. I think actually like that matches mine the way that the six and a half, like I might do one and a half as Freddy. But. Sure, sure. See, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I have a favorite kill. I, I'm tempted to say the same one you did, but at the same time, it is fun seeing both Freddy and Jason take each other out with each other's respective weapons. So I'm going to say their, their weird wrestling slash metaphor for sex and penetration that they're doing at the end with each other's mm-hmm. tools yeah. in various ways against each other. Yeah. Very sweaty and homoerotic and all sorts of weird stuff going on there. <laughs> we get into a little bit more of the sexual um, nature of this film with Abel because there's a lot of sexual stuff going on in this movie. Anyway, did you jump? That's an important question. Oh. That brings me to jumps because the other favorite kill, like the backup favorite kill, the second favorite kill, is the dad's decapitation, which made me jump. There were a couple places where I like gasped, right? This is why I know it was also a Jason movie because there were a couple places where I gasped and like if I were watching it at night perhaps or not in my church office building. (laughs) Um, or church building office office in my church building whatever um then i might have like jumped but i didn't but i did jump at the dad's decapitation love it so that's a i don't know i'm i'm getting more into the place of okay i can do jump scare movies so yay we'll see how that goes maybe maybe i'll actually watch them when it's dark out Maybe. No, I still feel like we need to have like a HNAC live episode for my mom's cabin in the middle of the night when it's super dark and you can't see anything outside. Yeah, like a Blair Witch for the witch season. Oh, yeah. That would be real creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hmm. I'm not sure that I'm glad that the witch season is not next. Mm -hmm. Got some time Mm -hmm. to build up to that. So what's our next movie? Our next movie is The Wicker Man in 1973, about which I know nothing <laughs> with special guest Howard David Ingham. So, Can I say three words about that movie? Please do. As long as you're not No, actually, I think it needs to be four words. Four words about this movie. Cottage Core Horror Musical. Oh. Okay. Cottagecore horror musical. Is that tentatively your one sentence summary? Yes, I think. Okay. I think that might be my one sentence summary. But yes, for our listeners, we're watching the original, not the weird ass remake with Nicolas Cage, 
which we might do sometime down the road because it really is its own weird movie that should be discussed. But mm-hmm. nope, we're doing the original with awesome guest hire David Ingham, who wrote a book on cult called Cult Cinema about how cults show up in horror movies. So that might be another way you another clue as to what this movie is about um, before you watch it. Yeah. Now I'm tempted to like make Wicker Man our movie commentary for January. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, also we've got like some Patreon stuff up. We're catching up on Patreon. Yay. Someday we'll be totally caught up or we'll give up on some of the vampire boo tubes. Yeah. I think (laughs) we'll see what comes of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that is it for our show. Our theme music was by Matt May. Horror Nerds at Church releases every Thursday. Please comment, rate, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Support us on Patreon and get access to exclusive movie commentary episodes, BooTube episodes, and more bonus content by going to patreon.com slash horrornerdsatchurch. It's only $5 to sign up, cheaper than a trip to Camp Crystal Lake. Follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Horror Nerds at Church, and Twitter at HNACPOD for all the latest updates about upcoming films, news, and other announcements. And you can let us know what you're watching or listening to or whatevering for Advent Misfiny on all of those. Socials, <laughs> in fact. Until next time, keep your friends close and your frenemies decapitated heads in your hand. <laughs> At like hand? it. At hand. Ooh. At hand. That's the one. As we all wink for the camera as it fades out. <laughs> yes. Yay.